Hey everyone, just a quick note before we get started, wanted to make a quick correction on this week's episode. Yeah, so I made some mix-ups. Um, instead of crediting Miss Mary Ellen Trainer um, with her great acting as sister of um, our heroine, I said Edie Falco like a million times. And after re-listening to it, I was like, wait, that's not right. That can't be right. But so I want to give Miss Mary Ellen Trainer her due. Great 80s and 90s actress and in lots of movies that were important to us. Goonies, Die Hard. Lethal Weapon, all of those. So um, as you're listening and going, wait, no, that's wrong. I'm cringing every single time. So here we go. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess this wraps up our, uh, we finally got approved by iTunes. Zach understands the amount of pixels in a logo uh, binge week. So uh, join us every, every Sunday as we delve into Forbidden Cinema. Yes. everybody hey welcome to forbidden cinema i'm jenny i'm zach thanks for joining us on this podcast where we take a look at movies from our childhood that either due to content or themes for whatever reason were forbidden to us and we take another look at them and see where we missing out and this week we jumped into romancing the stone a 1984 movie um, which wasn't necessarily one that at the time was forbidden to us as it came out. Um, I was three or four, probably around that time. But my impression with this, so we used to watch a lot of videos. Um, My dad was a prolific taper, Um, you know, even to the point of he had that weird remote control that had the cord that plugged into the VCR. (laughs) It basically was just a toggle switch to like turn, like turn it off while the commercials were on. And wasn't that the worst? Oh my goodness. Because then somebody would forget to turn it back on. Right. And then you have star Wars missing the entire third act. Exactly. You've got, which we had or, or a dumb, you have like all these commercials, people get it, get it, get it wrong (laughs) and like get confused. And, And it's just a whole bunch of commercials, which now would be kind of fun to watch. But so, but that being said, like there were so many tapes that had things that did not go together. It, it wasn't a matter of like, let's make all of these tapes family friendly or make let's make all these tapes kids movies. So this movie was before My Fair Lady. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So we would we watched My Fair Lady a million times. I mean, I come from a household full of girls. We're, you know, dancers and musical kids. And we learned every dance and every song to every musical you could ever imagine. So there were we would accidentally see pieces of this all the time. Fast forwarding because it was, you know, it, it, it was first on the tapes. So you had to fast forward all the way through it. And I remember, you know, it wasn't something we were supposed to watch. It wasn't one. It was just I would see snippets of it and I'd. There may have been times when I was like, oh, that's interesting. But probably most of the time I was like, oh, I cannot. This won't fast forward fast enough. To, I think for me, that was get. probably Animal House, I think, <laughs> was, was on tape with something that I watched a lot. And, uh, you know, you, you get to see a lot of just moments. And, you know, it, 
eight or ten, there's nothing in Animal House that's interesting remotely. Right. Probably by the time that I stopped watching VHSs. Well, we were probably still watching VHSs, but I wasn't at home, you know, watching them as frequently. It's probably when this movie would have gotten interesting to me. But um, I do remember little snips of like them being like sliding down the mountain in the mudslide and um, little bits here and there that I, I, I knew were part of this. But I really didn't know know um the the general premise honestly until we we started talking about about this i'm gonna go into my history with this this movie was censored not by my parents but my second grade teacher hmm. so we had a uh, movie day at school i don't know if you remember you'd get the cart with the yeah. vhs and the, and the tv and have to pull the cart down and then it never <laughs> failed the teacher couldn't figure out how to hook it up somebody unhooked something at the Always. at the library and there was then- a spring break that when my dad went back to school when we first moved here there was a spring break that like my mom was working all the time and he was in class and so he just parked me in some room i think at vanderbilt <laughs> university with a video with a tv on a cart just watching videos. No, but no one else was there. I was completely unmonitored. <laughs> I had the same thing uh, back when Kroger still had the video rental store. I think we've talked that my dad yeah. was in in video rental briefly and just packed me up in the office with a Nintendo <laughs> and just told me to just grab whatever games I wanted to. It was paradise. <laughs> it was yeah, that was a fun a fun time. So it was like kind of some room off of some sort of student center and. There, so there were vending machines, and my dad, you know, left like a couple bucks or whatever. But there was a vending machine that was broken, and I like learned during the week that when it started making a particular noise, that I could scam it and get all the snacks. And he'd come back and just like, "Where did you get all these snacks?" Like, it's just I got it from the vending machine. You know, <laughs> you figured the system. You know, you know how we do. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking back to that time, and when a couple of quarters could really just transport you it's i feel like we've lost something in, in the the decline of coin op and and the home entertainment being so great well it, the difference of like having a quarter or not having a quarter seemed so monumental um it was you know being bored out of your mind versus having you know just something cool to do or something cool to eat or you know whatever that is but you're talking about your school sorry oh sorry okay yes yeah, so um there's a vote on which movie we're going to watch. And it actually, I was kind of excited about there being three because the girls were split right down the middle ah. between Romancing the Stone and The Princess Bride. Okay. And the guys all wanted Back to the Future. So it was going to be a landslide vote for Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. But then the teacher says that she is striking Romancing the Stone from the options of of movies to watch. Uh, Later on, a girl, let's call her Tracy, I kind of ask, like, what is so salacious? I would not have said salacious uh, (laughs) when I was eight years old. You might have said salacious when you were eight years old. You're really like that. (laughs) But... I didn't know you were eight, but I still know that you were. But so I asked her about it. So this is my opinion of this movie until last night. Okay. That it is like Indiana Jones, but it is S-E-X-Y. Ooh. (laughs) 
so s-e-x-y you have to spell it <laughs> well i just I, I think that she thought that saying sexy would would be you know it's okay like, if you spell it but if you say like, look around see who's watching <laughs> you know you don't want to you don't want to say a swear word at second grade you know right right that's true that's true you never, you never know yeah you never know who's gonna narc <laughs> So that is my pretty much history okay. with, with this movie. Well, I think she was spot on. You know, honestly, Indiana Jones, but sexier. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. This movie was fun. It doesn't feel, it didn't feel way out of line from movies that we did watch when I was a kid. We watched, we'd watched Indiana Jones. We watched, you know, a lot of stuff like that, a lot of action adventure type of things. So you know, it had some pretty sexy scenes. In fact, I think you said, like, the, you thought probably the most skin maybe ever on display, you know, during, you know, one sex scene, which was not that crazy. You have the one sex scene, and then you have the kind of cold open. And I don't know if right. I've ever seen that much flesh on display without actually seeing anybody naked. It is, they yeah. are, you know, girl in the opening is showing some stuff off, and then... Michael Douglas, and welcome Kathleen Turner to the podcast. Welcome. Love Kathleen Turner. They are naked, laying on top of each other strategically, but they are nude. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I think so, for sure. But it was a lot of fun. It was, you know, you had a a full fun cast of characters. Um, You know, we love Michael Douglas. Really more of a roguish Michael Douglas than I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, we we, we can kind of just start from the get-go and, and hit up our notes. But I, my thought was, like, well, who does he remind me of? And I kept the, he reminded me of Fisher Stevens, which does not seem like it falls in that line of like, ooh, look at this like sexy guy. I don't really think of Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens. You even, think of Fisher Stevens as a sexy guy. That. I don't think I did, but I did not think that Michael Douglas was sexy in this movie. You think everyone that was in the movie Hackers is sexy? Okay, maybe so. That that could be true. Um, it just they all fall into that bubble. He he was he was so close to Johnny Lee Miller, you know, just <laughs> sexy by comparison. Okay, okay, that's. I, I, if I, you're I, in a movie with Johnny Lee Miller and Angelina Jolie and Matthew Lillard when he was a child, I'm. Yeah, I, okay. it, it rubs off. That that yeah, I think that that could could be where that's coming from. Okay, so we want to hit up some notes. Let's do it. Um, so I mean, first thing in this cold open it was great. I I love it. I love kind of the romance novelist aspect mm-hmm. of it. It really kept working throughout the entire movie. The the romance novelist aspect and. Um, I, I want to know more. I really expected the actors in the cold open to come back. I thought maybe we would have a couple more scenes I with them. I thought so too. And we might have some kind of fantasy moments of of her, of of her kind of wistfully thinking of how this fits into one of her stories. Um, that's kind of what I thought too. Yeah, I wanted with to the, see them the cover of mm-hmm. the movie, and I wanted to see them sort of act out the movie at the end too. And yeah, right, they just they just disappear, and, and I kind of miss them. They, they, they were fun. I kind of thought at first, because you know, we have Kathleen Turner narrating. She's writing the book. I don't remember if there was like happening like over her narration of her typing and finishing the story. But I did think because that's what I thought that we were going to see Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas kind of play out these romance moments in the movie that it was going to be them. 
And so the fact that they had her face completely blacked out, I was like, oh, we're certain this is a body double because this is not Kathleen Turner. And I thought they were just going to, you know, giving her a little a, a little boost there. <laughs> and then, then we didn't really, we, we didn't get that. So I was like, oh, it's a totally different person. Um, so maybe, maybe not. <laughs> And I also said that uh, GD, uh, religious epithets, and uh, nipple in the first minute of a PG movie. Boy, what a time gone by. That's true. Pre-Red Dawn era. No such thing as PG-13. And I can guarantee you, if this were played at my house, we would get through Indiana Jones, the Temple of Doom... On a Wednesday, no worries. See, we never watched Temple of Doom. But there's hearts ripping and heads and bugs and there's all sorts of stuff. But boy, you throw a a nipple and a GD in there and uh, that is getting shut off. That is a quick moment (laughs) of the TV being turned off and we all sitting there in an awkward silence while my mom thinks she's censoring it. And then... uh, always turns it back on right in a, a much, much worse part. And like, media turns that off. And it's, it's almost like my dad should have just like click, 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 and deleted that from the movie. In going deeper, we may need to spend some time talking about some of the scenes that were we had to leave the room or that were turned off. Yeah, we, we, we might we can need definitely to do that. Uh, Th- those are that. Some, some some interesting moments that lasted way later in life than they should have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, okay, so we've got the the cold open, the the, the romance uh, cowboy. We've got... We're, we're, we're two being, minutes into this movie. <laughs> yeah. We, we we've got get, a long way to go. We get introduced to the whole idea that she's really in love with her hero. That she's created this hero that we see the kind of probably time and time again. Um, that I think that's what's alluded to. And this is really the man that she's looking for in her life. That's why she is, you know, alone with her cat. You know, no no shade on that. Kitty cat's great. Uh, her cat's name is Romeo. So I think that that's kind of filling a void in her life as well. <laughs> so we know that she's secretly comparing every man to this hero. And we get that just said out loud by none other than um, Holland Taylor, who looks freaking fantastic. She is working it in this film. She is. They both are. And I had a note I wrote down. I was like, how old are they? Because I'm just kind of curious. I mean, it's the 80s. It's so hard to tell. Holland Taylor's 41 and Kathleen Turner is 30. Um, Kathleen Turner is 30. She's 30. That is hard to remember a time. It is. And I mean, she's... I've kind of made notes throughout this, like, I mean, her her face stays flawless through this entire movie, but her teeth are awful. <laughs> they're, I miss that from the 80s. But they're, these are, it. like, exceptionally awful. These aren't crooked or, like, not just white. This is, like, like I, I really think that these were already replacement teeth that were already on their way out. They were kind of gray. It was it was startling to look at to think that this is our leading lady um and you know i'm all for i mean i'm all for the standards at the time you know they weren't as stringent as they are now and i kind of think that they're a little too strict right now but this is weird this is someone with a lot of money you know she or at least some this isn't her first movie i don't think and um, See, I think it's completely different. I think it's so off-putting to me now to watch a movie where every single person has the exact same teeth. It's I find that terrifying. I mean, it, 
it yeah it, we lose some we lose some characters especially when you've got your kind of weird squirrely guys i mean in, intro danny devito and <laughs> and other guy who i swear he was wearing a bald cap but you insisted that he wasn't um you know they just seemed like a perfect classic you know duo of ne'er duels we probably should have saved it for going deeper but yeah we, we did look that up and that was not a bald cap that was his actual <laughs> that was, he, she, jenny said this was the worst ball cap i've ever seen or the bald cap i've ever seen it's like no that's the worst hair around my bald the worst head, head i've ever seen because it wasn't just the hair it was like his forehead it looked like his forehead and his <laughs> top of his head didn't match it was weird um you know so we, we we quickly get into you know she's she's comparing um holland taylor's trying to hook her up at the bar with these just weird 80s dudes um and by the way, there's a dude sitting at the table. You brought it up. At the table with them. interacting with at all. We just see his arm and his drink. And and the cigarette in a, in a cigarette holder in the ashtray. It's so weird. I mean, cigarette holder, too. That's that's so specific. Um, but drinking grasshoppers. But they are uh, sitting there talking ugh. about men and talking about... And there is a man six inches <laughs> from them at this table sitting around the corner from them not even like sitting next to like you were at a bar and there's people on the left and right, right not right. paying attention they're to you this, they're table. talking at this guy yeah. <laughs> so you know, who who know mystery guy maybe we can imdb and see if we got some weird arm credit <laughs> and you can one of the guys they point at she's pointing at all these guys and there is one guy that i just absolutely swore was john larroquette trying to get a sense say from uh from oh uh karate kid by oh. martin crease yeah his hair was very martin crease but it was not john Larroquette. you could breed john Larroquette and martin cove and they would i don't know yeah that probably would but it wasn't i've insisted like those are just some rando dudes that just everybody looked like that at the time but so you know then then you know it seems like just her normal life and then quickly turns you know after she she leaves to drop off her new novel and pages to holland taylor um her super gets just knifed in the hallway while someone is trying to break into her apartment it's like just escalates super quickly yeah there is definite like body parts being mailed (laughs) they never get specific about which body parts yeah it's crazy um so then we've we've got edie falco Mm -hmm. um you know who looks fantastic too um everybody's hair so i'm gonna take a sidebar so there's a lot of hair talk going on right now um in in pop culture that uh, those of us of a certain age are lo- making ourselves look old by our side parts and that if we really want to be um, in the mainstream, we need to do a middle part, which is just like our mother's war, our mother's war in the 70s. So I'm wondering when uh, Gen Gen X or, or Gen Z or whoever comes after that is going to tell us we need to go get our hair set like our great grandmas because that's the coolest, <laughs> hottest thing. Um, but... I mean, that's kind of larking back to the 80s. I mean, this hair, this kind of like fluffy curls and, um, you know, it, it's very, our, you know, mother's mother's kind of look. So it, it, it's hard to tell how old people are, it even really though they're is. beautiful. It, it has this very like nine to five kind of feel going on. I mean, do we even have the hair care products now that would be necessary? That? Are there I, international treaties banning them? Probably. From- they're, they're the, the whole, but now, I mean, apparently the whole ozone is, is kind of knitted itself back together. So we've got, we've got all the time in the world to bring our Aquanet back out of <laughs> the cabinets and, and see what damage we can do in the next uh, 10 to 20 years. But 
she her her apartment gets rifled. We get back. Gonna be honest, only thing I cared about was was the cat. Okay, that's like the only thing I wanted to know. I was like, how what happens with this cat is a hundred percent going to decide if we continue to watch this movie. In doing some research about that, because I was a little concerned uh-huh. myself, I know how much of a trigger warning there is. There's actually a site online called Does the Dog Die? Okay. And so you can look up ahead of time okay. if you're taking your kids to see a movie with a, with a pet or whatever. <laughs> There's some, a way to, you know, make sure. But that was, I mean, I was definitely like, okay, if, 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 if Knife Dude has done something to this cat, I am out. Deuces. Like, totally. But cat's fine. Romeo is fine. Um, now bookish, uh, librarian-like uh um, Kathleen Turner has to all of a sudden go to Columbia to dig her, her, uh, her sister Edie Falco out of trouble. We, which I don't really feel like we ever. Okay, so we 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 find out that there's a, a treasure map, but we don't really know. We never find out like what the relationship is with like Edie Falco's husband who like, has been killed. Why does killed. he have the yeah. treasure map? How did he get rid of? How it? did everybody find out? Is is she was she trying to be in on it at some point? Um, I don't know because she seemed kind of chummy with Danny DeVito and, yeah, and it Head like Guy. They, they knew each and other. I don't know. I don't so know. I don't know if they got double crossed or ran up against this, you know, knife happy guy who turns out to be some sort of policia uh, something so that you know it kind of gets everybody in trouble. Not what I was expecting. I was really no. from the posters and and just cultural knowledge expecting kind of Danny DeVito to be the bad guy. Yeah. You know, the white suit. I kind of really thought of him as kind of a Rene Belloc character. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. But he was more of like a Ungarte and like kind of Peter Lorre style character. And I think he was amazing. He was that. great. I mean, he, he got all the brunt of, of all of everything. You know, he gets double crossed here and there. He's dirty and thrown almost thrown to crocodiles and you know just in the best um the best danny devito like exacerbated uh, moments <laughs> he really gets to shine it is the moment where they're like running from people and they steal his car <laughs> yeah his just, he's in the back he's tailing them and they steal his car it's kind of awesome um but yeah the it's it's really kind of crazy, but so she flies into Colombia and we both have an airport moment. I mean, the airports are are it's buzzing, it's buzzing and booming, and people are everywhere, and it just it kind of made us nostalgic for the way airports used to be. Um, you know, not to like put a total bummer on it, you know, but pre nine eleven, you, you could meet someone at the the gate with flowers, or you could just. Go to the airport. You could go see your friend who works at the gift shop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. You have to. Well, I mean, you know, some of us had enough piercings that uh, <laughs> you get wanted. But. but you went through security. You could just go through security. You still had to go, but you could just you could you could just go and go roam around. I mean, airports were kind of cool in a weird way. There's just a lot of. If open you were in space. and out in an hour, it was free to park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you could go and hang out and, and ride escalators, ride the little uh, the the sidewalk things that keep the moving sidewalks and yeah, um, get all sorts of moonwalking on them and <laughs> oh, use an escalator. For some reason, like uh, Holland Taylor brings up the fact that Kathleen Turner, like she's so unadventurous that she gets sick on the escalator in Macy's, <laughs> which I thought was funny because I had an escalator moment. 
I, it probably was, I was looking back, not at this time, it was a little bit later, but like being at the mall with friends by myself and a situation where an escalator did have to have an emergency stop because I was weirdly stuck on it. So I've been a little like, uh, about escalators ever since. But anyway. Do we realize what city they're in? I wasn't paying attention. Were they New York, LA? I think they're in New York. In New York. Yeah. Is the escalator at Macy's, is that the wooden one? Yeah. So that, yeah. that, is, a, that is kind of a sketchy escalator. Let's be That's <laughs> true. It is at the original it, one. It, the most sketchy escalator I've ever been on is the one at Macy's. <laughs> okay. So that, that does seem fair. Um, so... So we're we're in Colombia. She's on a bus, you know, as you would expect, you know, typical kind of rural bus, wrong direction. She's she's sent in the wrong direction on purpose, all kinds of stuff that she's asking questions. And of course, she causes a car accident um, with this just random parked car and there's birds and people steal the birds. I'm like, okay, I don't even know what's happening here. But I was nervous for the pig. Oh, okay, Yeah, I was a little nervous on the the bus. Yeah, she steps on it, you know. Being the fact like we 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 obviously we have a cat. You you accident you live your life being afraid that you're gonna step on an animal (laughs) at all times because they're just so underfoot. But as she sits right here, like completely uninterested in what we're doing. (laughs) But so we so we finally meet Michael Douglas. Um, There's a little bit of a shootout. He's he's kind of. Face blacked out, just like just like our mystery uh, hero in her novels, and we kind of know, like you know, without it being said, she's having this kind of ah, moment of like, <laughs> you know, even in the terror, there is things a tingling, right? But Michael Douglas is looking. I've always thought of Michael Douglas as a very good-looking middle-aged man. It is weird to see him as a very good-looking, if a bit bemulleted, let's be fair. True, hair was not, like, great. Yeah, there was definitely a little bit of big trouble in Little China happening here. Okay. <laughs> there <laughs> there was, or or maybe some, some Roadhouse, some, some Swayze. There, there was... Yeah, the hair, I mean, the, the, the hair... The, the that, hair, it was the 80s. I mean, It was the 80s. I probably had hair very close to that at the time. <laughs> yeah, having that long hair... I mean, you, you got it, you wear it kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. But he was different, you know, from the, the guys we see in the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, the bar, had they had that weird... What Because surely this is a hair texture thing for people to have, like, such thick hair. They have that weird, like, poof, like, th- they just can't control as they, like, comb it back. But I don't feel like I see anybody with hair like that now. So, like, what are people doing that have all this crazy thick hair to keep from looking like that now? I'm, I'm not sure. But I feel like men's hair care products have come through an absolute revolution in the last 15 to 20 years i guess so i mean i think realize that that men might actually buy things and the beauty products can can go that route i think probably queer eye for the straight guy probably probably cause you know cause this all these men to go out and buy all these women's grooming products all these moisturizers and hair Mm -hmm. texturizers and and all of a sudden somebody realized wait a minute guys might want to buy stuff that's like blue or black or, right. or brown. If we just market or... it to them, they'll buy it. Yeah, who'd have thought? So Michael Douglas, we, we meet Michael Douglas. He he saves he saves her, but apparently they were his birds and he's pissed about it because that's his money-making scheme, which <laughs> is weird. There's, there could have been so many different ways they went with that besides birds. I know. The, the bird thing felt, felt really tacked on. It, it did, and, and it felt like we missed... They they realized there were a lot of other bird conversations that happened. They were like, I mean, "This has to go. This is so boring." <laughs> I mean, I'm glad we didn't go with drugs. That that would have made yeah. him a less likable character. But mm-hmm. some some kind of gems or art 
artisan stuff, something or or gold or something, something, it, it something weird. besides and, and how birds. Much, like it was like fifteen thousand dollars worth of birds. Like that seems really like a stretch to me. But I don't really know birds. I don't really care for birds. So he's uh, pulling through his car, pulling stuff out because it's it's like. It's literally like almost upside down. It's hit this bus and everybody evacuates the bus and they're gone. <laughs> they just run away. Um, he, he's pulling out some old Playboys, which might have been the same, close to the same Playboys that you were looking up uh, when we were doing some research the other day. Never fail. Never, never fear, guys. We will, we will deep dive the Playboy <laughs> and see, see what we see in there. And then Kathleen Turner is doing her best. Like, I, I feel like this is part of... I always thought of it as her acting. She's just kind of breathy and just, uh, uh, but I'm like, she's just a smoker and she can't breathe. <laughs> I think this is really happening. Or really like she was able to bank on her actual real life issues and, and the way it forced her uh, to act and cause she couldn't breathe uh, and it, it worked for her, but she realizes she's in the wrong place. She's been sent to the wrong place by, by stabby McStab guy and who also had the shootout with Michael Douglas, but he's he's run away now. And they start doing a little, uh, you know, negotiating on on him getting her to place. And they decide on three hundred and seventy five dollars worth of travelers checks. First of all, the amount of money they're haggling over. He's got like twenty five thousand dollars worth of birds that are gone. Right. She's a best selling author, so probably very well off. And I mean, the she, haggling yeah. from fifty to a hundred to three hundred and seventy five dollars seems like a lot of time it does <laughs> but, seem like a lot of time but then we also did say like this is not the moment where you can just beep up boop up boop up and venmo someone some money or transfer money easily she's they're literally in the jungle um and yeah like she has probably four hundred dollars in traveler's checks that she's taken with her which are just glorified gift certificates. You might as well like go get some TCBY with them. Um, I but. hated traveler's <laughs> checks. I had them one time and they were such a pain, such a pain. No one would take them. You had to go to the front of the hotel and, and get them cashed out. And I mean, I worked, you know, at, at, at you know, in, in, in college, worked at uh, an outlet mall, you know, a pretty big one. So a lot of people were traveling and it was still, um, you know, early 2000s and people still had traveler's checks. But, like, you know, systems were starting to not really know how to deal with them. And it was like always an ordeal. Like, why, like, why are, why are you here buying like real things you could buy like any time of your life with traveler's checks? Like it never made sense to me. Debit cards were a thing. And traveler's checks were still a thing. Yeah. yeah that, they the, were. The, when the one became available at all, they should have just stopped. Full stop, gone, done. Yes. So they decide. They decide $375 in traveler's checks if he gets her to Cartagena. Um, they start on their adventure and then they're quickly pursued. Um, and then I think, which is what is probably one of, I think the pivotal moment and like most memorable scene of this movie that kind of sticks with it. You know, we talked about um, basic instinct with the interrogation scene and the crisscross legs and then dirty dancing with the lift, um, the mud sliding down and him landing with his head in, 
in her crotch, like <laughs> right there, you know. And and he real he recognizes and smirks at the moment of it, right in the moment of it. He might as well turn to the camera and wink at us. It's such a thing. Michael Douglas and his interaction with vaginas is quickly becoming <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the he, most memorable scene of, of half of our <laughs> films now. That's true. I hadn't really thought about that, but yes. So. So there we go. And oh, yeah, I have in my notes Fisher Stevens. So I guess this is when I, I realized that moment that he was throwing some very- I think with the wet hair and kind of the manic. Could could be. Yeah, that, that's probably it. Fisher Stevens is a very like manic uh, uh, vibe to him all the time. And the slick back hair, probably that was it. I mean, they're like all co- covered in mud. But then something we, we had a lot of conversation about. He cuts off her heels- the heels of her shoes. She's wearing high heels. She she gets upset because they're Italian. Um, and he cuts off her heels so that she can they can move through the jungle better. I do not think this works. I think we're going to have to take out a pair of your old heels. We may have to. This there's got to be something that, that's going in the trash. And Oh, uh, there, there certainly is. And so we, we might video this for some sort of supplemental <laughs> thing. But then it just doesn't work. I mean... I, I have a little bit of my background is 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 in merchandising, and so I've got to understand the way things are built. And I spent a lot of time in footwear too at one point. And heels are built to support your foot with your foot at that angle. When you lop off the heel, it just means that you're t- you're basically walking with your toes turned up the entire time, which is going to give you shin splints from hell. I just think I've seen it in about 22 different action movies. Because they're written by men and they think that that's the solution because they want heels when they want them. They think they're sexy when they want them. But when they're impractical, we can just lop off the the heel and it's fine. Exactly. So some sobbing hysterical woman can keep up. Uh (laughs) Sobbing hysterical woman's going to stab you with that remaining heel. (laughs) But so we'll we'll have to we'll, we'll check back on that. Um, then she throws her her messenger bag over her shoulder and they go. She's been clutching that bag to her chest the entire time. Why has she been clutching that bag when it's had a strap the whole time? Like that infuriated me because I even thought like, doesn't this bag have a strap? It makes no sense that she's just like oh, holding it to her chest. I know it has the treasure map. And so she's, you know, but even when they've been walking this entire time, she's been like holding it to her chest. And, and you know, like, but now, now. Indiana Jones gets into all sorts of trouble and nothing ever falls out of his satchel I've, no nothing he's fine but then she then she finally throws it like that would have been so much easier like that's so much more practical but that's what starts to happen she starts to get more comfortable more loose like as she gets wetter which i'm not sure what we're trying to say mm. about that but mm-hmm. this is what's happened <laughs> um you know mudslide yeah you know, so her, like clothes, her clothes aren't quite holding on like they right, used to we might be losing a sleeve here and there there's a button they're coming disintegrating loose. at a rapid rate as if this is one day in the jungle <laughs> um they and, and already like her clothes are tattered to the point of of been at sea for for years but then her hair's coming down she's using a machete like you know it, it's all we've got the transformation happening of, of her becoming this action hero as well and you know awakening to the 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 possibility of her her mystery hero man and so as she has the machete we get right into the big jump scare with the skeleton pilot 
Right. And both of us said the exact same thing at the exact same time. Right. We both thought the, the sunglasses looked amazing. I mean, a vintage pair of Ray-Ban aviators. <laughs> back when they were probably a $20 pair, back before Exotica got into the game. Right. You know, <laughs> they weren't $200 And they left them, they left them they there. Le- I mean, I wouldn't have left. I was like, you know, as, as creepy as that may be, like, like, we'll save these. We'll do something. We'll disinfect these later. Right. But... Like, I might not put them right on, no. you know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I mean, if you could salvage that jacket, too. That was a pretty fly bomber yeah, jacket. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It was. That might that might be a little bit too oozed on, though. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot of work to, you know, you're probably going to lose some limbs in the process. <laughs> <laughs> All so right. then on to the marijuana plane, which yes. I was really expecting it to be cocaine. I guess I'm just racist too. against Colombians. I, I did, too. I, I really thought so, too, but... I, I guess, guess it, it allowed for the fire. Right. That was, which was, that was the, whole, the whole deal there. I figured with the fire... I really kind of thought there was going to be a dream sequence where the uh, where the opening actors came back again. I thought you know we were going to see like the story so oh, far. Oh, that would make through sense. They kind of hallucinating a bit of, from have a from reefers. High. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where she comes back out. Now we've got her hair dry and puffed out and just absolutely fabulous. Right. It's very like got a, that like Kelly McGillis from Top Gun kind of look to it. She's kind of got a blowout. and Right, right. Jungle style blowout. <laughs> Found the mat counter at the uh, in, in the back of the marijuana plane. And... Right. Yeah, everything's gorgeous. You know, we're all, we're all getting dry and perfect and I, I just, you know, the clothes are falling off and Lord knows she would have so many blisters also walking in those shoes in time. It would not be, there would not be super sexiness, but. Oh, oh, one thing I know, like they're, they're sitting around, they're talking, like she's getting ready to pass out from drinking as well as marijuana, but her face looks flawless. I mean, it's still <laughs> perfect. Um, you know, we, we've got the clothes falling off, but her face is just porcelain. And they're sitting there drinking what I'm, I think might have been Jose Cuervo or some, I don't know, but all I could think of, was there any good alcohol brands in the 80s? I don't know. I mean, I don't have a lot of experience with that. No, we both come from, you know, households where there was not alcohol present. and But I just look at all these movies and they're all just drinking stuff that is kind of rot gut. And from our deep dive on a Playboy a couple of weeks ago... Like every ad, and there's like Seagrams for the <laughs> for the distinguishing gentleman. Sophisticated or, man. Know. Yeah, I mean that that she she makes a comment like you've got no finesse, no style. I don't honestly even know why she said that. I really in my notes, I just all I then I say after that um, is like you've got style. That's what all the girls say, which uh, I think is a Madonna <laughs> dress you up in my love, um, which. I heard for the first time watching a Disney um, Chip and Dale uh, montage type of movie. But anyway. All right. So then we've got, we learn his name um, finally. Um, while he's talking about birds, I just have the word birds. I'm talking about all the birds. birds. Um, and he's Jack T. Colton, which is very, very specific. But Which, to be honest, I have to say that throughout the pandemic and just throughout our th- late 30s, I have noticed myself just watching birds. I don't have a book to tell me which bird is which. I don't have binoculars. I don't, you know, we, we do have a crazy bird ad, bird watching ant who we absolutely love, but we're not that into it. But no. we do find ourselves, as time goes by, 
being more and more interested in just watching birds. But do birds. you don't watch those birds and you go like, how much, I wonder how much that bird would bring in. I'm like, <laughs> that's weird. Our birds are all eating Pringles and stuff yeah, that we, the lady next door yeah, throws out for them. So sure that you that, didn't, nobody would want those birds. No, no, those are those like Cheeto birds. They are, they're trash birds. <laughs> Um, oh, then he like he then he starts like waxing rhapsodically about just the ocean trip over here just being the most perfect thing ever. And so what he wants and what he saved from his car too is this picture of a sailboat. That's what he's saving for. That's what the birds his whole bird scheme was for was a sailboat. And he just talks about being by yourself in the ocean, which I just wrote nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of being by yourself. In the ocean, like all by yourself, seems like the stuff that nightmares are made of. I mean, being by yourself on a houseboat at the lake seems like you're probably going to get murdered by a serial killer. Yeah, and yeah. you're way more likely to be murdered by the ocean than you are a serial killer. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. And then I also just write like, "Come sail away, you guys." That—that—that's <laughs> <laughs> that, just what you know. He's—he's he's probably he does some inner monologuing. He's just like talking and talking and talking by himself a lot. But I, I'm sure that um, some of the the times he's like, "Come sail away," like all by himself. Just that's where his head is at. So we. We finished that. We've we've stayed the night in the plane. We've gotten dry. Um, we are. Is that when we? When I think that's when we change clothes. Yeah. And I don't know. I really lost the next probably twenty minutes of this movie because I was so excited when El Guapo showed up. Right. So they find their way to a town. I think this is the thing. They find their way to a town. Um, Danny DeVito because they're trying to find a phone because she's been given instructions. Um, you know, when she leaves New York, that when she gets to Cartagena, she's supposed to call and give some sort of code. So that's what her mission has been this whole time. And so they get to some town. Danny DeVito's on the only phone. He's looking for them. <laughs> and then, you know, in a moment of of the only moment that his luck he his luck comes into play <laughs> is like, like them waltzing into town and um and going to to this like little local ho- hotel. You know, then they have. Their romantic, like, uh, almost um, pretty woman moment. He, like, buys her new clothes and leaves them out, and they're gorgeous. And he's wearing, he's wearing this white, I don't even know what it is. It's not like a mariachi outfit. It's too streamlined. It may be a more irresponsible V than the V in Basic Instinct. It is. It's, like, so, his hair is, like, it's so, I don't. I don't know what's happening. It's... You weren't just looking at men in 1984 and just thinking, wow. It's just, I think that's all. You just have to go and just, it was the times. It was the times. I, I guess so. But Somebody they... looked at that and thought, this is going to take ladies from 13 to 50 and it's going to cause hearts to flutter and parts to, never mind. <laughs> Whatever. But yes, so they dance and um, you know they, they. Douglas is cutting a rug. He did. They. They. Yeah. Yeah. He. He had some moves um, that I haven't seen before. Um, maybe he should have been in Pulp Fiction. But <laughs> oh man, that would have been great. <laughs> he would have played a pretty cool role in Pulp Fiction, I think. But you know, then everything slows down around them. They're dancing. They're like falling in love and. You know, that, that happens in a lot of movies like this. You've got, you know, the guy who's too cool and the, the woman who, you know, is a little too uptight and they annoy each other. You know, and, and this escalates quickly 
they have a lot of that, you know, stressful moments where you fall in love, which I think is the whole thing that they say in speed, bringing it back to our speed, you know, that, um, people who, uh, are in stressful moments together shouldn't fall in love. He's like, you're right. Maybe we should just have sex, which they do. Um, hearkening back to, we feel like the sexiest or I don't know about sexy. Uh, I just think the most naked I've ever seen someone without seeing anything. Yeah, like they were perfectly pressed together. Um, but I mean, it must have been pretty amazing because he quickly wants the two of them to be on the ocean together. <laughs> like his whole dream of being on the ocean by himself in 12 hours has changed to she needs to be on the ocean, which I would be moonwalking away and be like, hmm. This was nice, but not not for me. Not if you're going to be lost at sea, though, it is always good to have a little bit of just you don't want to be the last person. You know, if, if you're the next to last person, there's always something left to eat. And- <laughs> oh, no. That's terrible. Um, oh, but he's so he's found out about the map in all of this. I think that map is in the plane. Um, oh, the basic instinct connection. Right, exactly. So he's found the map. His whole thing, she's needed to find a phone, and he's been wanting a Xerox machine. <laughs> name, brand name drop right here. Um, not a copier, but a Xerox machine, which this little... In the middle of a village <laughs> in, Columbia. in Columbia. Which they have they one. They don't have a phone, but they have a Xerox they machine. Have a in the back office, they have one. Um, he, he asked, he, And then he asked you, is it, is it big enough <laughs> to get it all? So I guess he has Xerox this, and he's hidden it underneath the mattress and when she says i don't even know what she says but whatever she says that gives him the the feeling that like they're gonna be in this together maybe it's that they're gonna go for it they're gonna go and like try and find this treasure um he brings his hand down feels under the mattress pulls this map out and just like shoves it in the bag but it's very like what's he put what what What's under the mattress? What's under the mattress? You know, is it an ice pick? What, what's going on? But it was definitely like, oh, I was going to d- double cross you until you did what I wanted you to do. Or I was going to kill you until you said, no, we don't have to have kids. <laughs> That's ext- Both are extreme. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I know we talked about this, but she literally decides not to kill him because he says we don't have to have kids. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But... Okay, so then we get to this little village. We're looking for a car. We're still we're still walking. Did we did we already steal Danny DeVito's car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We steal Danny DeVito's car. Um, was Danny DeVito's car the one that went off the waterfall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so they felt the need to jump out of yeah, like over you go water- over <laughs> waterfall and jump out of the car as if it's gonna make a difference. No, I say stay in the car and then jump out when you hit but i, I guess I, I don't know i've never really encountered that i don't even think I'm, i don't i don't think going deeper will tell us the answer i don't on think that so one. either i, I think that that's if just the mythbusters never did it then no, it'll just never we'll be ne- known we'll never know it's lost um so then they find themselves in another little village and they're looking for a car and these people who w- want to kill them because they're gringos um you know send him send them to the only person who has a car and he opens the door and it's el guapo I don't know if you guys have seen um, Three Amigos. That if was you a... don't, press pause. Yes. Go watch Three Amigos. Yes. We'll, and we'll just sit here for an hour and 40 minutes and wait for, and wait and wait for, for you. you. And then when you come back, you can you can know, be on the same page with it. That was, a, that was a movie we watched a ton. That was highly quoted in my household. 
all the time. Um, and so it was, I love to see him. He's, he's, he's so much fun when we get to see him be like a happy character, um, because he is a fun, happy character. And so, uh, surprise, surprise, he reads her romance novels <laughs> and he loves her and he wants to show her all the awesome things. He has this amazing house. We don't know. We don't find anything else about him. No, if he's drug lord or, or what or he is, yeah, crooked poli- politician or. But uh, he reads them. He reads the novels to his men. Yes, yes. Like they have like a group book book club time. Like he's he the reads. only one that can read. But like, does he? Does he translate them into Spanish? Are they printed in Spanish? I'm I'm kind of curious. About I mean, that. she's. I would imagine they'd be printed in Spanish. I mean, but well, yeah, because he's still waiting on a book that we already saw a cover of in her. So they're getting them later. So they're probably <laughs> published in Spanish. Okay. He, he doesn't have the hottest, newest one. They're they're coming a little slower to to Columbia. So. He he helps them out. He, he you know he pulls a gun on them first, but then he realizes that she's Joan Wilder, a famous novelist, and he is all on board. He just loves it. He wants to share everything. He's gonna help them out by getting in their car, uh, which he just has this like four by four. It, he just drives like a maniac. He he comes to screeching halt because he doesn't want to hurt his favorite pig. <laughs> I was worried about the pigs earlier. I, I shouldn't have been. This this movie treated pigs very well. They they really treated animal except for spoiler alert, crocodiles don't get the best end of the stick mm. on on this one. But I don't I know that we're really really afraid of that. But okay, so have we talked about the red vest yet? The red no. vest that Michael Douglas is wearing really starts to look like Back to the Future. You gotta wonder if, you know, Zemeckis was kind of right. going on and like, you know what? I really liked that look. It was and- a cool look. Oh, by the way, Michael Douglas produced this movie. <laughs> like, Michael Douglas production. Like, not even some production company name we had to go look up. Like, right on the first of the screen, Michael Douglas production. Yeah, we generally don't get that far into into these things before. We generally kind of just go watch and then talk and then save any research for, for going deeper. But... We did find some really interesting things about this movie. It was it had a lot of vibes from other things, like you said, Back to the Future. And I'm, I'm kicking myself a little bit because I assume when I jot these things down that I'm going to remember exact moment. But Danny DeVito makes some sort of Batman reference. He does. And so we've looked up the, uh, you know, that issue of Playboy magazine. And that was a big thing we noticed in the issue was it has the, the year of sex in cinema. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's talking about Basic Instinct. Right, that 1992 one. And Basic Instinct is like page four on Sex and Cinema for the year. The Which two is crazy. The page opening spread is Batman Returns. And Which, she is sitting on him in a leather outfit licking him. Right, well, she is a cat. Yes. I mean, but, you know. she's supposed to be a cat. That's what, that's what cats do. Um, well, like, that's the sexiest thing in movies that year that Playboy could come up with was that in the year that happened had Basic Instinct. And and probably the grossest thing that happened that year was him playing the penguin. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 a whole other story. We, we might watch that movie because that's the only movie um, that my mother ushered us out of immediately. We Batman did not Returns will be it will be in movie. there. It will be in the list. Okay, so we're we're with El Guapo. We're racing through. We've got everybody following them. They're they're going all over the place. Um, they're they're trying to find the map. They they see the Devil's Fork. Dun dun dun. Um, you know, <laughs> moment. They're 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 trying to find it, 
and they're they're going through. Danny DeVito is like hopelessly like trying to catch them on foot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really. But Danny DeVito's going for it in this movie. He is on eleven every moment that he's on screen. It's great. Yes. And you know, it's kind of craziness. I mean, you said um you said big Big Trouble in Little China. And then, then to me, I had this the whole mad, 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 mad world feeling of like everybody scrambling, um, you know, to, to, to catch up with each other. Then we've got end of charade moment, too. So I feel like a lot of things happen. Basically, OK, they find the treasure. They they have it. He she goes to save. I was like, I'm, I'm like having honest uh, a blank out on on the rest of it, like how we get there. Like we he, he goes, yeah, to going s- to trade gem for sister, uh-huh. and then you know mustache guy, mustache knife guy, yeah. police guy comes out, and that's a very if you haven't seen charade, we'll we'll wait. Go, we'll go ahead and pause. Hit pause. Go watch charade. All right, because that charades and it's it's not was not forbidden, um, but it's a fantastic movie. It, it's the best banter between audrey hepburn and carrie grant carrie grant you will ever hear it, it's yeah. amazing so we have already waited like an hour and 40 minutes for you guys for right. this episode but we can wait another hour and right. 30 do, 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 do. okay we're back right all right so what, what'd you do for the last hour sorry <laughs> <laughs> all right so we, we've got this kind of standoff um everybody's kind of standing there with guns we've got everything going on we're trying to you know who's got the jewel no, nobody who knows who's got the jewel we don't know where it is we didn't find it we did find it and then finally michael douglas says yes i have it i've hidden it someplace special which <laughs> then immediately the guard just like punches him in the, punches him in the nuts and it's like this ding <laughs> and then because <laughs> we both looked at each other like that was a weird sound effect and like oh right. like really like why would that be the first thing you would think was i hit it someplace special <laughs> i feel like we missed something there was something that heart like i feel like you didn't grow up with a penis well true uh, i feel like if you had that would fit completely normal it just all right fine but so then it falls out of his white pant leg because he's still wearing this white outfit and uh you know Stabby McStab guy gets it, uh, you know, or it, it gets kind of kicked over to him. He catches it. He's he's also got the girl. He he he's he's holding her over the the crocodiles. The crocodiles are kind of a a, um, a running theme of um, danger throughout this movie. So what does crocodile do, Captain Crocodile Hook do style? what crocodile do? They do. They chompy big chomp, <laughs> um, and he ca- they Captain Hook him and eat his hand with the jewel. And see, I was thinking of of is it Chubbs from Happy Gilmore? Uh- <laughs> you were thinking of Captain Hook. I, I guess was thinking Captain Hook. I was thinking of Happy Gilmore. <laughs> I mean, those have tenuous relationships with crocodiles. (laughs) So just stay away is, I think, the general message there. Right. If you don't know how to handle a crocodile, just stay away. Best. Best to do that. So then people are running. You know, he's screaming. And uh, Michael Douglas is going to track this crocodile. He's, like, keeping it, like, like eye on eye like watching this crocodile as it's like it's going for a ride i it mean is, it is going like it everywhere knows. It, it it bites his hand it's like mm. it's like trying to go cash in the gym it is it, it, like, it could have just jumped right back into the water and with all the other crocodiles nobody know which crocodile was which right it's just like going down the street <laughs> it's so weird but i mean i guess it works he's in in a hot pursuit i don't know I, uh, crocodiles not moving so quickly but then 
You know, we've got this all these different levels of this street, this kind of town with, you know, high streets and low streets. And um, then he's, of course, he's got the ultimate choice. He's got the crocodile by the tail. It's getting ready to jump back into the water. He's going to get it. Does he save Kathleen Turner and Edie Falco from the evil, the the evil dude? The one-handed mustache stabby man. Right, exactly. I really think we probably should have learned his name. But they called him by so many different I names know. because he was he was he was so many different things. He was like some sort of uh, military police guy. He also was some sort of antiquities dealer. I, I don't really know, but everybody talked about him in hushed tones. Right, and so then he go, of course he goes and he save he saves them, and we have again death. We have death by crocodile. But like first catch on fire and then get oh, eaten by right, crocodiles. Oh right, I forgot too. Yeah, but like flaming. So the crocodiles got a cooked meal. Right. Like we made sure. Like we, 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 I mean, I guess maybe eaten by flaming crocodile might have been more hardcore. But might still, have been. catch on fire and eaten by a crocodile is pretty hardcore. It's pretty hardcore. But then then things like. It kind of just goes from there. She's back in New York. She's turning in this this adventure as a story that she's written super quick. And, um, you know, it's amazing. Her hair's still down. So she's had her life change. You know, she's she's no longer afraid of it all. She's down for some fun. She's, yeah, down for some fun. She can stand up for herself with street vendors. <laughs> which she almost gets sold a, a toy monkey at the beginning because she can't say no. Uh, but she's holding her own. They're surrounding her. It's kind of crazy. And then she walks up to her apartment, and there's a giant, giant sailboat in the streets of New York City uh, with Ahoy Ahoy Michael Douglas aboard. In his crocodile shoes. Yes, yes. So he found the crocodile. Uh, they tussled, I'm sure. Um, but he still has all his limbs to show for it, uh, but has some nifty boots. And he... They, they literally sail away in the streets of Manhattan. <laughs> Not sure exactly what that means. And they meet in the middle. Like, they don't have to be out in the ocean by themselves. But um, we, we see, alas, that he's come to understand her a little bit because he's named the boat after the heroine of her stories, uh, which is Angelina. And we both felt that it felt very much like, uh, I don't know if your cities have pedal taverns, but it felt very much like the <laughs> biggest pedal tavern you've ever seen. They got transportainment. <laughs> We have lots and lots of bachelorette parties in yes. our city. and uh, One of ours has a hot tub and you get behind and they got their sash on and they got their thong on. And but they every got time their it comes to a stop, there's and... water sloshing out into the street. It's kind of gross. That water probably has so many diseases Ooh, in it. It's so nasty. But okay, so in the movie, they end up together. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun romance. It was a fun, you know, it had all, all your basics, but they did it really well. Um, it was a fun caper. It was a fun action, adventure movie, mystery, a little danger. I mean, we saw that, you know, we try not to really research these, but we did. And this movie won Golden Globes for yeah. Kathleen Turner and for Best Picture Musical or Comedy. In a year, it was up against what Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters and Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, so some, and it was up really against some great. heavy hitter yeah. comedy movies from the 80s. And it, it won the Golden Globe. I, I don't know if I would say it held up better than Ghostbusters. It doesn't but... have the staying power. Yeah. I, I will say that. Um, it's not been one that I've, see, I've seen it on TV. 
It doesn't get, I mean, Ghostbusters is one of my number one movies that when it's on TV and I come across it, I'm going to sit and watch some of it no matter where it is. I don't think I've ever seen this playing just on TV. No, I feel like that this one didn't catch the cultural milieu kind of like the other ones we did. I mean, Basic Instinct, the leg scene mm-hmm. is iconic in film. You know, you everybody knows that even if you don't right. know the movie, if you haven't seen it. Uh, the, the lift and yeah. time of my life. In, uh, in Dirty Dancing that is so iconic in, in cinema history. I don't know if Nightmare on Elm Street 3 had any specific moments, no, but the just, character just of Freddy, Freddy Krueger, it was so popular. I, you know, I'm reading an article that said he was, at the time, one of the most recognizable fictional characters of all time behind, like, Mickey Mouse and Charlie Chaplin. It was... You were saying that, and I, I, I brought up that I had forgot to mention when we were looking at Freddy... Kind of morphing into various things in in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street three, um, it had a very like I'm pretty sure I know where some of the people designing Voldemort um, got some ideas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't think this it does have the the you know I, I have seen the sliding down the mud scene before, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I would really say that it's captured it's, it's the cultural iconic, imagination but- of. of of our country but, but. that would definitely that is the moment it like like the others but it, it definitely is not it's not going to make some giant clip show i think of of movie cinema history kind of stuff no so this movie wasn't specifically forbidden to you would it have made it through friday night movie night um it would have definitely had some spots where we would have turned it off um but i mean we like i said we watched indiana jones we watched back to the future we watched Peggy Sue Got Married, another weird Kathleen Turner movie <laughs> that actually came out two years after this. I looked. Uh, we watched we watched a lot of things that I would categorize. We watched Silverado okay. um, quite a few times. Actually, to the point, like, I hate I hated Westerns for a long time because we watched Silverado <laughs> so much. But so I would bulk it together with a lot of those movies. They have some of the similar vibes. But there were definitely some parts that we would not have been able to see. I feel like I, I feel like this movie would have been turned off before we even saw the main characters. I really do feel like we would not have made it through the cold open at my house. And maybe we would have started it after that. Maybe. It would have you know, Maybe been they would have, like, they started they they three minutes later. And, and known. Right. Um, I mean, I'm sure that all the I would have left movies, the room for the for when the the map scene. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would have been sent out of the room. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm sure that this was previewed because, it, like I said, it was on a videotape that mm-hmm. we had, and maybe they made the collective decision that it, it didn't have enough going on to watch it as a family, but um, it definitely would have been censored for sure. So it wasn't fully forbidden from you. It was forbidden from me by my second grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So where does it hold up on, on, the, uh, on the how does it live up to... I guess I can, you know, I can only say for myself that I feel like it, it pretty much does live up to exactly what I was, the bill of goods I was sold. I was told it was like Indiana Jones with S-E-X-Y, and yeah. I feel like it was. Yeah, it totally was. Um, it was a lot of fun. I I, I would watch this movie again. Um, it, it wasn't just, uh, you know, for an experience. I, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we did. As an adult, um, you know, probably would have been fun to watch even, you know, younger. It would have been fine at a certain point. But it was it was a fun movie. Yeah. But it was. It was it was kind of sexy, but not too sexy. <laughs> well, I think 
I think that just about gets it. Um, I think we've said what there is to say. We'll uh, we'll go a little deeper next week and uh, try to figure out what we're gonna what we're gonna watch the week after. And um, I don't know. You wanna do anything? S E X Y. We'll 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 discuss that um, off mic. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. I hope you were enjoying um, Forbidden Cinema, taking this journey with us. Hit us up at our our our, our email, um, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com or on our Instagram, Forbidden Cinema. Let us know what, what your memories were with these movies and maybe what were some um, forbidden movies for you. We'd love to to jump into them and, and have a group dis- discussion. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. What movie did you watch in second grade with a big cart? <laughs> yeah. I, I need to know. There you I go. Need to know. Those are what some was... great stories. What did that look like? <laughs> well, thanks so much. I hope you have a great week. And again, this is Forbidden Cinema. I'm Jenny. I'm Zach. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>